welcome to the Flourishing Church Podcast. I'm your host, Joy Jones, and we are so excited that you've decided to tune in today. We have an awesome podcast episode in store. We encourage you to share this and invite your family members and friends to tune in. If you are listening for the first time, welcome. We would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on our social media or email us at info at flourishing.church. Continuing on with the elementary series, Pastor Rachel Campbell has an inspiring message for us all. So let's get to it. Hello, Flourishing Church. Good morning. It is so good to be together, isn't it? How much do you love our worship team and that gorgeous worship that we get to have in our homes and wherever you are every single Sunday? I'm just so thankful for that. You know, I'm going to be continuing our series, Elementary, and I hope that you've been enjoying it as much as we have, just talking about the basics of our Christian faith, what we believe, why we believe it, and the benefits to it. And so I'm going to be continuing that today. We're going to read our scripture verse in Hebrews 5.12, and it just says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the actual words of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. You know, that scripture should not make you feel bad, but it should make you know that all of the time as Christians, we should come back to the simple basics of our Christian faith. And we need to work that stuff out. It's not just you, it's me. These things are so important for us to just remind ourselves. And so it's been such a great series and I'm really honored to just be a part of it. So today I'm going to talk to you about another elementary subject. And that is, the subject is God as our Father. God is our father. You know, if you're like me, when I hear God as my father, there can be a lot of trip ups because I've had a little bit of a rocky past with my earthly father. And there were some things in my life that if I'm honest, I would begin to relate the way my earthly father was with my father God. And you might be the same way, and we're just going to talk about that. And my prayer today is that maybe you get some divine revelation from the Word of God on who our Father God is and why that is so beneficial to our life. You know, I want to ask you to do something while we're getting started. I want to ask everyone to just close your eyes wherever you are. Just close your eyes, and I want you to think about God. Just think about God. Whatever pops into your mind, there's no wrong answers. There's no wrong images. Just think about your God. All right, now I have a question for you. You can open your eyes back up. And my question for you is, what did you immediately think about? You know, sometimes there's a lot of pressure with that. But when you think about your Father God, what do you think about? What do you picture? What comes into your senses? And you know, I just, I really think that's an important thing. A.W. Tozer, he said this, what we think about when we think about God is actually the most important thing about us. What we think about when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It's something that's so elementary to our faith. If we don't get this part right, if we don't have the right view of who our Heavenly Father is, it's going to be really hard for us to exercise faith. It's going to be hard for us to walk in righteousness. All of the principles that we've been learning about in this series, it's really difficult to do if we don't get this one thing right our image of who Father God is. You know, every child is innately wired to say this sentence, hey, Dad, watch me. 
Every child wants their dad to watch them and not only watch them, but be proud of them. And you might not have experienced that, or maybe you have. Maybe you're some of the few that are blessed. And I actually want to read you some statistics that are, are kind of depressing, but it's the true statistics of studies about fatherhood in our generation. Did you know that our generation has actually been labeled the fatherless generation? And that's really sad. That's not God's plan. That is the broken world system that we have a fatherless generation. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And there's some statistics that talk about it. And I want to read them to you. One out of every four child has been raised without a father in their home. How, that is so heartbreaking to me. Three out of every four children who have had a father in the home were raised by a dad who was out of touch, physically there, but emotionally unavailable or angry. Some of the reasons why these things happen with the three out of four children whose father was there but not very involved is because of these reasons that they give in this study. They're stressed with the pressure to provide. They're emasculated by today's society's constant bashing of the male role to protect and lead their families. You know, if you look at sitcoms, there are not a lot of positive sitcoms about fathers. They always make fun of the father. The father's the big dope who comes in and the wife's rolling her eyes. You know, look at Everybody Loves Raymond, that TV show. Well, Everybody Loves Raymond except his own wife. And that's pretty depressing. But society is constantly showing fatherhood as this emasculated person who really can't do anything without the help of others. Uh, another reason is because they're angry and resentful of broken dreams and promises in their own life. One of the reasons why they live with their families but they're not really present is because they're grown-ups with their own daddy issues. They're struggling with addiction of some form. And the last one is they're living with the frustrating feeling that they're never enough. You know, it's really hard to look at the statistics and see the studies of fathers that they interviewed, and those are the pressures and the things that they're facing, and that's what's happening in our broken world. One out of every four children was raised with a healthy and involved dad in the home. And they said in this study... Um, that uh, I wanted to read this one part. It says, God has placed inside of every human heart the longing to be seen, accepted, approved of, and blessed by their father. Whether we ever admit it or not, there is a hole inside of us that only our fathers can fill. And so some of you are watching today, and I want to say, if you're the one in the four who had a father who was healthy and cheered you on and you felt safe in your home with, then you need to call them right after this message and thank them because you are very rare and they are very rare. I also want to say, if you're a dad, how important your job is. And we really want to tell you, we want to honor you. We are a culture who honors our fathers. You know, it, this last week, it was National Women's Day, which I love. I love powerful, strong women who know who they are. I love that my daughters are powerful, strong women. I love that our church is full of women leading businesses and organizations and, and inventing things and leading in their spheres like bosses. That is the best thing. But you know what? Our, our country and in our world get it wrong when we bash the patriarchal system. There is nothing wrong with patriarchs. Patriarchs are to be honored. And in God's word, patriarchs are a massive part. They are covering. A good father and a good husband should be a protection and he should also empower his wife. I have no problem. This is just a side note. This isn't part of my message, but I have no problem submitting my life under Israel as the head of our home. Why? Because I know that he would sacrifice anything for me. 
He loves me unconditionally. And so because of that, because there's the trust that I, I can trust him with my life, it's easy for me to submit and let him cover me and be the head of my home. Our world doesn't say that. I mean, even right now, there might be some of you like, I cannot, she did not just say that. But I did just say that. Because in God's word, that is what healthy family looks like. And it doesn't mean that men are domineering. It just means that we need to release men to lead and protect and, and be the men that they're called to be so that we can be the women that we are empowered and called to be. And it's not this striving thing. We're not against each other. It's beautiful when we live in community that has order. Amen? Anyways, side note, we don't talk about that. We might talk about it later, but all the men can give me a high five later. Thanks for saying that, Pastor Rachel. But our world is filled with people who are on a frustrating search for the lost father who has not yet offered protection, provision, nurturing, modeling, and especially and most importantly, blessing. You know, God our Father, he does all of these things. And when I say God the Father, I just want to ask you to be real with yourself and maybe just do some introspective looking. And I'm only able to say this because this is part of my testimony. God has healed me from having a broken relationship with my father who I didn't trust and I was hurting from. And so he had to heal me on that journey so I could see him as my healthy, heavenly father. But when I say God our Father, what do you think he is? Here's a couple scenarios. Do you think he's there, but he's not involved or interested in my life? He created the earth and then set back to watch it run all on its own. Do you feel like he's a nice guy who just wants us to be good and live nice lives? He's hard of hearing and out of touch. He's too weak to really do anything substantial. Or do you think he's a mean dictator who makes impossible rules and laughs when we can't live by them? In your heart of hearts, how do you feel about God? Because that really matters in your walk of faith. How you view your father God really determines how healthy your walk with God is going to be. For me, it was he's sick. You know, I wouldn't have said that about God out loud, but I began to fall into the daughter role with my father God the way that I fell into my daughter role at home. And so I'm number seven of 10 kids and identity wasn't a big thing. I never had a personal identity growing up. I never had my own bedroom or my own bed. I still haven't to this day because I moved out of living with my family into living with Israel. And so I've never had my own bed. And um, I'm a snuggler and Israel is not. And so he won't even let me touch his toes. So sometimes I just have to like, you know, sneak over there once he falls asleep because I'm a Smith kid, I cuddle. But anyways, you don't need to hear about all that. What I did want to say is that you, we've got to have an identity of who we are in our father's eyes. And for me growing up as seven of 10, I was part of the crew. I was never an individual. And so God had to heal my heart and he had to introduce me to who I was in his eyes, in his healthy fatherly eyes, that I'm the center of his attention, that he's proud of me that he's moved by me, that when I worship him, it moves his heart, that when I'm weak and I have nothing left to offer and I'm failing, he's strong enough for me. And not only that, but he loves to be strong for me. The Bible says that his strength is perfected in our weakness. And that goes against everything that we're taught as little kids. And so we have to have a new revelation of who our heavenly father is. But my earthly father was sick. And because my earthly father was sick, 
It was my job to make everything easier on him. It was my job to create peace in the home. It was not my job to bring more problems because there were problems enough for decades. And so I knew that. I knew that it was my job to be strong. I needed to be healthy because my father was not healthy. And I can remember this really distinct moment in the presence of God, and it was at a women's conference. And all of a sudden, I was watching the screens, and there was this big, huge lion on the screen, and he was shoving his paw into the ground, making a loud noise. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and God spoke straight into my heart. And he said, I'm not your sick dad. I don't need you to be strong for me. I need to be strong for you. And God gently began to teach me as of who he was in my life. He was my good father, my healthy father, the father who approved of me, the father I belonged to, the father that loved me unconditionally. He didn't need me to be good for him. You know, as a daughter, I felt like part of my job was to do what my dad was incapable of. And so I would do that with God. Like, God, I know you want to get these kids saved, so I'm going to do all these things because I know that you're probably busy or sick. Or, and I would do that. But we all do that. However we've been raised, we really do correlate who God is by how we were fathered. And so I want to ask you today, how do you picture God your father? You know, Jesus said that God is our father 189 times in the Bible. So it's really important that we get this right. This is a big, big deal. God our father, how do we see it? You know, God is not a bigger version of your dad. Whatever your dad was, maybe you had the best dad in the world. You are blessed. But if you did, and your dad was successful and funny and all of those things, God is not a bigger version of that man. If you had a broken dad who was never there, you don't even know who he is. God is not a bigger version of that. God is not an absent father. God is not a conditional father. God does not need you to perform. God does not need you to succeed. God does not need you to be beautiful. He does not need all of the things that we think we need to be and do to deserve love. God loves you. The one who created you is your father, and he's so proud of who you are. No matter what stage of life you're in, let that give you peace. Take the pressure off. There's no pressure. He just loves you, and he just loves you so well. I can tell you that a lot of healing in my life has happened because I've allowed God to just love me. Just love me. Just love me. Second Corinthians in 6.18 says this, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's what God says about you. I will be a father to you. Father, a protector, an encourager, a strengthener, one who's cheering you on, one who sees beauty in you, one who sees you as strong. He is confident in who you are. That is so freeing. That verse is not figurative. It's literal. It's, the Bible says that when we ask Jesus into our heart, we are adopted into the family of God. We are his children. And it's not something figurative. It's literal, which means this, that there are benefits of being a child of God. God wants to bless you. That means that you can be confident moving forward. You can be confident of the blessing of God, of the peace of God, that you can be confident as a man and as a woman and as a student, wherever stage of life you're in, you can have confidence because your father is God. I love that so much. Our Father God is the answer to every longing of approval, acceptance, love, and support. And when we get that wrong and we're looking for that in other people, it will always be broken until we're made whole by God. 
Can I just say to you today, the first relationship you've got to get right. If you've had broken relationships, if you struggle through relationships, if you struggle being a parent, you know what? The first relationship we've got to get right is our relationship between us and our Father God. When we get a revelation of who Father God is as the perfect Father, we actually become free to let go of disappointment and pain. And that's my story. Can I just share with you that um, I really resented a lot of things that happened to me. My dad was my pastor and he was abusive, but he would get up and he could preach like nobody else. He was a great pastor, but at home he was struggling with anger and resentment and sickness. And because of that, he became abusive to me. So the spiritual leader in my home abused me. I, that, I carried that into my spiritual walk with God, of course. And so I had to get set free of that. But, you know, when you, when you finally realize how much God loves and accepts you as his child, it helps you to let go of the hard stuff. And so um, not only did I become free and confident as a child of God, but one of the most redeeming things that happened is the story of what happened between me and my father. All of a sudden, instead of just choosing to allow the cross, where Jesus died on the cross, and I became a child of God, so I was redeemed, and now my children's children will be redeemed from here on out. But when you get redeemed and the cross interrupts your family tree, what happens is you begin to bless upward. You begin to forgive upward. And the father who was meant to bless you as a child of God, you are empowered by God to bless upward. You begin to bless your father. And the Bible says this, honor your mother and father. This is the only commandment that has a promise attached to it, that you will have long life. That's a scripture. And I think about that. I have to find a way to honor my father who was not being honorable. But a commandment in the Bible is that I am promised long life when I learn to honor. And when I finally began to have a revelation of who my father God was, it empowered me to let go of the things that I was resenting about my earthly father, the things I was bitter about, the things that kept me in bondage. I couldn't move forward. All of a sudden, when I received the perfect love of my father God, I extended perfect love to my earthly father. And my, me and his relationship was healed before he died and went to heaven. And how beautiful is that? That only happens by the grace of God. And, you know, I, um, I was praying about that because I wanted to kind of show you that in picture. I'm a picture person. And so while I was praying, I had this picture in my mind that I called my sister Carrie and I was like, I know you can draw. So really quickly, can you draw this picture so I can show everybody? And I'm going to share it with you. But it's a picture of what happens. So Carrie, the one who usually sings at church, also drew this for me in just a few hours today. Thank you, Carrie. So this is a picture of a family tree. All of us, no matter how great your family was, no matter how successful and beautiful and perfect they all seem to be, before Christ came into your family's life, your family tree was gray and diseased and not bearing fruit because we never bear fruit without Jesus Christ. But then when Jesus interrupted our family tree, right here, isn't that beautiful? The cross interrupted. All of a sudden, everything after the cross begins to be this flourishing, fruitful, lovely, blessed tree. This is my family tree. And the same is for you. When we recognize that we're children of God after this moment where Jesus died on the cross, when we recognize that we have been set free, this is our new family tree no matter what. And what's so redemptive and beautiful about discovering who we are as children of God is not only can we affect generations to come, but we begin to bless the generations behind. And you know what? God can actually use your life and the grace on you, 
knowing who you are in Christ, to have compassion, to forgive, and not only forgive, but bless people in your family, maybe your father, who wasn't great to you. But through the power of God and knowing who you are as a child of God, this is your new, this is your new lineage. No more disease, no more bitterness, no more anger. All of those things are canceled out because of what Jesus did on the cross. And here we are. And then we bless backwards. I just love that. I hope that was a good revelation to you because today that was a really beautiful moment where I remembered God. I remember how broken I was. And I remember how untrusting I was with my father and how you restored that when I got a revelation of my relationship with you. You know, when we get a revelation of our father God, striving stops. We don't have to work for everything. We just receive. You know, when we um, restore our relationship with our father God and we have that revelation, our insecurity vanishes. If you struggle with insecurity, get a good revelation on who God is as your father because all he does is love you. He created you. And there's not one thing about you that he doesn't love. Of course, he wants us all to grow. He wants us to be renewed and become more like him. But there's nothing about you he's ashamed of. There is nowhere that you've made mistakes that he's turning away from you. He is not ashamed of you. And can I also say this? He wired you the way you're wired on purpose. There might even be things that you haven't accepted about yourself. And you know, God created you on purpose and you need to love what he loves. He loves you. He's proud of you. He's up there in heaven pouring out blessings saying, receive my love, receive my blessing. You're my child. There is nothing he would ever withhold from us. I love this scripture verse and I'm just going to kind of end with this today. And I just want to leave you with this thought because this is one of the most beautiful things that I've ever really read about being a child of God. And it's this Psalm 68, five through six. This is what God is. He's a father to the fatherless and a judge and protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God makes a home for the lonely. He leads the prisoners to prosperity. This is my favorite part of this scripture. Only the stubborn and rebellious dwell in a parched land. Listen to that again. God makes a home for the lonely. He prospers the prisoner. He takes care of the widow. He creates space for us to thrive and to flourish as his children. But the bottom part of this psalm says, only the stubborn and rebellious dwell in a parched land. What that tells me is it's our choice. Are we going to receive the position of being a child of God? Are we going to accept the blessing that God is pouring out over us, the wisdom he wants us to walk in, the favor he wants us to live our lives out in? There are miracles ahead of you, but only the people that lived in a parched land are the people who refuse to receive it. And God is saying this morning to you, will you receive that I am your father and I want to bless you. I want to give you wisdom. I want to give you answers. I want to make a way for you where there seems to be no way. There is nothing impossible with God. My life is a testimony of the goodness of God. And it's not by anything that I have done. I don't deserve it. But God says, you're my daughter and I am going to pour out my blessing on you. I'm going to teach you how to be a good mom. I'm going to teach you how to be confident. I'm going to teach you how to love and be loved. I'm going to teach you that when your heart gets hurt by humans, I will heal your heart and you will love again. That's who I am. And it's not because of anything good that I've done. It's not because I was raised by a dad who empowered me. It's because I've been healed by a God who has fathered me. The one who holds the entire universe holds you. 
And he wants to be your strength. He wants to be your source. He wants to be the one when you're afraid you look to him. When you need answers, you go to him. He's got your answers. He is our everything. He's not a big version of our broken fathers. He is the perfect father and he calls you his own. And right now, I just sense that there's some of you and you've struggled with father relationships. Right now, God wants to just heal you. Do you know that in one moment with God, he can take hurt and pain out by the root and he can change the trajectory of your life? And if that's you and you're still struggling to release forgiveness, it's hard for you to bless up the family tree. It's hard for you to maybe even father because of how hurting you are. Can I just say God wants to be your source. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you a new picture of what he's called you to as his child. You are his and you are loved. You are protected. You are cared for. You are wanted. You are accepted and you're enough. You're enough in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You know, the Bible says here that only the stubborn and rebellious dwell in a parched land. We don't have to choose a parched land. We can live in the overflow of the blessing of our Father God. But it can't happen without the interruption of the cross. Jesus died on the cross for every one of your mistakes and my mistakes. The Bible says we were born as sinners. And you know what? You might be the worst person that you know. Do you know there's still chance for you? There's still hope for you. Because when Jesus hung on the cross, he died for every bad thing you've ever done, every bad thing you've ever thought, the way you feel about yourself, others, this world. Jesus died to take it all away. And right now, I just want to invite you to pray with me. I'm going to pray the sinner's prayer. And the Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And so if that's you this morning and you've never asked Jesus in your heart, your family tree has never been interrupted by the cross of Jesus Christ. Now is your moment. Now is your moment to choose life. Now is your moment to be adopted into the family of God and be a new creation. And all you have to do is repeat this prayer after me and say it with a pure heart. Say it like you mean it. Say this, dear Jesus, right now, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to come and be my God, be my King, be the Lord of my life. I thank you, Jesus, that when you died on the cross, you took my sins with me, with you. And three days later when you rose, you rose victorious so that I could be victorious too. So right now, I declare I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation. The old is past, and today is a new day. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited for you. Welcome to the family of God. Can I just say that is the best decision that you could ever make? And that's the only thing you had to do was just pray that prayer. You're a Christian. Your sins have been forgiven. And so we'd love for you to maybe email us at info at flourishing.church. And let us know that you got saved and we'll send you a Bible. We'll get in touch with you. We'll help you on your next steps. Or you can just leave us a comment right underneath this message and we will get in contact with you and just fill you in on what it means to be a Christian, a Christ follower, and we'd love to be there for you any way that we can. Hey church, we love you so much. Don't forget this week, you are a child of the living God and he has blessings for you. Let that make you confident in every decision that you make. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Flourishing Church Podcast. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share with your family members and friends. If you have any prayer requests, please submit them on our app and website so we can be praying with you and for you. For more information on Flourishing Church, please visit flourishing.church. Tune in next week for another amazing podcast episode. We hope you all have a blessed week.